Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Recorded live. What's happening, man? How you doing? Not too bad. You? I mean, hey, it ain't worth talking about. Uh-huh. <laughs> What's the matter, personal stuff? No, I'm all right. I'm all right. You sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Hey, I'm going out to the spring training. How would I, if maybe not this year, but how would I go about getting a press pass, or would I, that be even something to consider? Yeah, no, you just, I mean, you would have to. Um, I'll find the link on the Indians' website. They should have it, but like, because um, I looked at it for Ohio State and for the Cavs, but you have to register you know, as an official member of the press with the Indians with, you know, with an Ohio bias, you know, yada, 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 so they can get you credentials. And then that's how you would get, you know, a press pass. Any idea at all how long the process takes? That's the whole thing. I know for Ohio State basketball, like, well, here's the first example for Ohio State football. This is the one I looked at back back last summer. Right. They were doing it where you have to keep registering every week because they had knew they were going to have so many different people and, like, you know, some people, like, they want it for the whole year, but then they don't even use it. So then you have to register by a certain time each week and uh, make sure you pick up your press pass on campus by, uh, I think, Thursday or Friday. Like, they had a bunch of hoops that you have to jump through. So, and that's, I, I mean, that's pretty much how it works for most teams. Um, you know, like, here's a perfect example. The one uh, lady from the uh, NAAFS asked me if I wanted a press pass. Like, yeah. It depends on like the relationships you get and whatnot, but right. I I I personally don't know about the Indians. It would just be have something to check out. I actually think, from what I hear though, spring training. You've been there before, right? It's pretty no, lax, right? This is first time. Okay. From what I heard, it's pretty lax though. Yeah, I got my the guy I work with, who owns the company I work for, uh, goes to spring training every year down to the Yankees, and he's got great access. Yeah. So, yeah, hoping to get some interviews and lots of pictures and well, all that pictures. Stuff. And then you would need to what what you need to do is get a voice recorder, but that is a uh, MP3 recorder. I it's can't use my like phone a... to record. Yeah, but I don't know how. Yeah, just get, it's getting it off there. Well, what if I uh, like video recorded it? Oh, yeah, that'd be fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it'd just be like the video you sent me from the uh, jacket. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah you know, okay. I'll be yeah. like kind of like Pete does with his guys. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's Pete guys. Yeah, for a boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. My Pete. <laughs> yeah. Oh, believe me. No, you don't even know the half of it, buddy. <laughs> He's a complete antagonist. I gotcha. 
good basketball games, huh? Yeah, I'm so disgusted with these Buckeyes last night. Who lost? Buckeyes. The Buckeyes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they're bad. They don't have to be. That's the whole thing. I'll get mad. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty much everything. I sent you no homage. I didn't have time to do it. I was going to do Bobby Knight because of the tournament, but maybe we'll push that to the – I would like to do a college basketball show Sunday night after the brackets come out. Um, Let's digest it one day. Huh? All right. I mean, pretty much it's what Joe Lenardi has. I mean, if they drastically go different, I'll be shocked. Right, but I want to matchups. You know. All right. Well, that just pushes me to try to get it done. That's the whole thing. I haven't had huge computer problems. That's Sunday what night. Me off. Uh, yeah, let's we can do it. We, we, we can do it Monday night. We can do it Monday night. Yeah. Let's see where we're at. Maybe we will. But uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. That's pretty much it. Any other questions? All right, I'm trying to locate that email. All right, got it. Starting broadcast school, by the way, April 21st. Yeah. Oh, nice. Got all my financial aid and everything approved, signed the papers. Uh, I go Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday uh, in the morning, 9 to 1. Auburn's taking out Kentucky today. Sure. <laughs> I'll bet the house on that. No, but I threw $5 on it. Auburn just doesn't give a fuck right now. I'll tell you this. Uh, that's another thing. That, that SEC is just awful this year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what a joke. Kentucky's schedule ended up being... I mean, they're a good team now. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it'll be interesting. Here's here's something for you to think about that I was going to pose on the college basketball show is would you take Okafor or would you take Carl Anthony Towns? Who would you take number one? Boy. I think I'd take Okafor. I think think he's a little bit more polished. I think there's a higher upside with Towns, but I think it's. The upside over what I know of Okafor, I think I'd take a little safer and go with Okafor. I don't think you can go wrong either way. 
I think Carl Anthony Carl, I haven't seen anybody lead a team as a freshman come in since Patrick Ewing in college basketball the way Carl Anthony mm-hmm. now the team that talented. Um and that's what he showed me. The and the ability to shoot outside, the way he rebounds, and it's just the command. I mean, that team without him, they can't win. And that's crazy to say considering all the talent on that team. Well, and and I think the ultimate goes to Coach Cal, you know, to be able to have that much talent, those many egos, and for this team to play completely unselfish. says a lot about the returning guys from last year, like the Harrisons, but even more so about how Cal gets these guys to buy in. But when we're talking about, see, the thing about Oakford, I don't know if he's got that kind of leadership. I see that in Carl Anthony Towns, and that's what I want if I'm building a team around a kid. You know what I'm saying? If I got a bad yeah. basketball team and I want to bring somebody in, you talk about upside. I think the upside in his leadership is a big key, too. That's a great point. But, yeah, no, it was just something I was thinking because, you know, been watching so much basketball, looking at both of them. I'm like, this Towns kid is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Anyone you really like today? Uh, I haven't even looked at the schedule, honestly. I was doing show prep. How about VCU and Davidson? Davidson, Davidson. minus two and a half. I would take Davidson all day. Okay. VCU is awful. I've watched them play a lot because I'm here. They're awful. How about Uga and Arkansas? Georgia and Arkansas. Arkansas is minus a four and a half. Uh, Arkansas destroys the other team. Georgia's got the European kid. Georgia's got the European kid, but they play so slow. Um, And Georgia's really, or I mean, Arkansas's good at full press and half court defense. Yeah, I I like Arkansas there. I like. What time is that game? That's three thirty. Yeah, I like Arkansas there. That's a weird time for both of those guys. It was that night. Sparty is a two and a half point favorite over Maryland. I think Maryland. I'm big on Maryland. Maryland wins outright? Yeah. Have you seen any much of uh, Buffalo or Central Michigan? I've seen Buffalo. You know, Bobby Curley's the coach. I've seen Buffalo play Toledo, and I've seen Buffalo play Akron. I think Buffalo gets by them easily. Xavier's catching seven and a half points against Villanova. One kid went down at the end of that game. Steinbrook had a huge game last night. I watched that game. Um, I love fucking Steinbrook. What's the what's the give it to me again? Seven and seven and a half points Xavier's catching against Villanova. Oh, I take the points all day. I take the points all day. I think so. Xavier Xavier has been playing everybody real close. They've been finding ways to win late in games, but seven and a half. Even if they, even if Xavier wins, it's going to be by three or four or five at the most. I don't think they win by seven. I, they're not blowing them out. Villanova's not blowing Xavier out. You know what I'm saying? 
Yep. And then one more for you. Iowa State and Kansas. Kansas minus two and a half. Take Iowa State with the points. Uh, and one more. Uh, Oregon and Arizona tonight. Two and a half. Arizona minus I did not get to see Arizona Oregon. play last night, but that was a whole debacle. I was not happy at this bar. Um, they claimed they didn't have the Pac-12 network or whatever the fuck the channel was on. Chick told me it was on cable like it was fucking 1985. Um, <laughs> uh, Oregon played with some guts last night. I actually, yeah, but Oregon Oregon game. doesn't have the pieces. Uh, uh, no. What's the what's the what's the line again? Uh, it's light, actually. I think Arizona's only two and a half points. Yeah, take Arizona favorite. points. Yeah, yeah. Oregon doesn't have a depth. Remember, Oregon, they, they take three of their best players off the team in the summertime because of a rape uh, situation out there. So they don't have the depth of talent, like, you know, to go deep with Arizona. The only That's problem a great is, point. Plus, the Arizona they're playing their kid, third game in three nights, too. Yeah, the Arizona kid Thursday, was it Thursday night? One of the kids got a technical. It was Brandon Ashley. And it was the dumbest play. I had the game on mute, though, but I was doing something else. But it was one of the dumbest plays I've seen. Got technical. I'm worried about their discipline as they move forward. That's why I wanted to see them play again last night, and I couldn't. So that's the only thing. But when it comes to that, I, I would lean with that alone. I mean, that game is tight. Um, they're playing late at night. Arizona's got plenty of time to rest. Oregon, how much did they win by last night? That was a they, that was a buzzer, yeah, buzzer beater. beater. Buzzer beater. Yeah, yeah. Utah. Utah. Yeah, they yeah. yeah they ain't got it. They're they're going to be mentally spent, emotionally. Yeah, mentally spent that game. I think you're right, and I like I really like Sean Miller in big games. I'll tell you this: you need to look at Dayton. Uh, I like Dayton. Dayton and Rhode Island. Yeah. Who you who you like? Like eight, Rhode Island played great yesterday. Uh, I like that Pollard kid inside. I'm not that big on Scoochie Smith, and you know, Seibert still is playing like Jordan Seibert. The guy's got all the tools, but he doesn't have the aggression. Um, but right now, it's Dayton minus a point and a half, and ninety percent of the bets are on Dayton. Uh, that's a lot of percent. Yeah. I'm all I'm always inclined to go contrarian when I see a nine zero. <laughs> I may just not check it. Is there a chance the Buckeyes could have to play Monday or Tuesday? Monday or Tuesday, or Tuesday or Wednesday? I mean, what do you mean? Oh no, no, no! They don't. Indeed. They won't be a playing game. No, no. Okay. I can't. I, I thought it was the 12 seed that had the play-in game. Yeah, they they'll give the Buckeyes an eight or nine seed. They're not going. You really to think so? Wow. Yeah. I think that's. I think that's a really good seed. Then. I was thinking they they were going to be lucky to get a 10 seed. All those 10 seeds are like when you start with the nine. Through like uh, twelve seeds, those remember those are the automatic bids at that point. You know what I'm saying? Pretty much. I mean, you know, they're, they're, the Buckeyes not. You know, the Buckeyes are like the third team in the Big Ten. I mean, regardless of what you know, Michigan State has done at the end of the season. I mean, 
you could argue third or fourth, but I mean the Big Ten with Maryland and Wisconsin and Wisconsin being a number one seed, Buckeye can't fall off that far. You know what I'm saying? That's what mm-hmm. helping them, that they played against great competition, even though they've been playing like dog shit. This is one of the most frustrating teams I've ever watched at Ohio State. I've never seen a team get off to worse starts. Every game, uh, they're down I, I, 10 I won't, go, I won't go that far now. I'm not happy, but I watch Brandon Booth see them snick it up. You know, I, I have a very good memory of the Ohio State basketball team. So, yeah, I'm saying I've been frustrated with that Ohio State for a long time. Uh, well, I tweeted out yesterday about Thunderbirds team. <laughs> that was yeah. a frustrating team. The, the end of the Randy Ayers regime. Yeah. yeah my Cleveland Browns uh, one work day without an injury tweet went well. <laughs> uh, the play like a brown tweet was an excellent one too. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Just <laughs> so watch Auburn versus Kentucky. <laughs> All right, you ready? Yep. This is With an Ohio Bias, a podcast for real fans with D and Jake. Show 36, it's electric in March. I am D, Cleveland born and raised, Buckeye born and bred. And I'm Jake from Youngstown to Columbus, and we're talking about the sports you care about. All right, and it's show 36. It's electric. Jake, why don't you go ahead and give us the rundown? Sure thing, D. We're going to get the show kicked off with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, they seem to have turned the corner. They had the big uh, game against the Spurs. We'll talk about Kyrie's spectacular night. The Browns, uh, well, we'll see what's going on in Berea. They've been... Uh, the Browns have been disappointing and embarrassing us for too long, and we'll talk about it. The Indians are in spring training. They're rolling. A couple wins yesterday. Can't wait to get out there. Then we'll check in with Liverpool update, hit the break, come back, talk about the Blue Jackets and the, what happened during the trades. MMA, big fight with Ronda, Ronda, Ronda. Other things going on in MMA, Brock Lesnar's possible return, and UFC 184. Let's dive right into it, D. This is With an Ohio Bias, a podcast for real fans with D and J. We will see you on the other side.
give me um say we're gonna talk boxing and then we're gonna talk all things Ohio State. And we're gonna talk boxing and all things Ohio State. Okay, that's good. All right. We're talking your Cleveland Cavaliers, who might be the hottest team in basketball right now. I don't care what's happening in the Western Conference because the Cleveland Cavaliers just dismantled the defending champions in an overtime victory. Thrilling performance. Kyrie Irving, 57 points. Jake, were you awake for this one? Were you glued to the TV like I was? And did you have holes in your walls after what you saw Kyrie do to the Spurs? Well, I, I took a nap that day. I tried my darndest. Uh, had to be up for work at 7 in the morning, so I didn't make the end of it. But I did record it, and I didn't have any contact with my phone after I woke up and was able to watch it in the morning and kick the day off right. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful game by Kyrie. Uh, this guy is getting better and better. And to be able to uh, sponge off of LeBron uh, I think in the next couple of years, you're, we're going to be looking at Kyrie Irving as the best player on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, you love the comparisons. Um, and I was talking with folks and things like that because, you know, I couldn't shut up about this. But a lot of folks are comparing it to Jordan and Pippen with LeBron making people better. I think this is more of a situation where we're seeing it. It's not so much of an age gap, but it's the relationship. When Magic went to the Lakers and played with Kareem, and you saw Magic become – the you know greatest player on the Lakers, what Kyrie did was greatness, and it's like it, there is no doubt about it. He put the whole league on notice yet again. But the two shots he hit to take the game into overtime, and the just the the steely focus that he had, the free throws, everything. I mean, we're seeing LeBron help Kyrie not be a better player like Jordan did with Pippen, but we're seeing LeBron make Kyrie almost greater than himself. In occasions, I mean, in that in that spotlight window, Kyrie was the best player on the court, and we're talking about we got Hall of Famers on the court. No matter what you think, but Tony du- to- Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili. I mean, hell, the way Kawhi Leonard plays, he might even be in that conversation here. You know, after those guys leave, because he'll be the focal point of the of the Spurs, and was that night. You know, going against LeBron. First of all, it was a great game overall, but just the greatness that we saw from Kyrie, I think there's something special, and I mean, I can't wait for these playoffs. Yeah, I look at their relationship between Kyrie and LeBron as kind of a big brother, little brother thing, uh, a mentoring program, almost apprentice uh, type deal. You know, he's almost seems like he's training him. LeBron's training Kyrie to be the best in the league at some point. You know, and the things that Kyrie already brings to the table, you know, first of all, the guy is clutch period. We've seen it since his rookie season. Buzzer beaters, wants the ball in his hand and makes a good percentage of them. Uh, his age, he's young and, you know, he's smart. He's one of the smartest IQ basketball players in the league. So, I, I mean, if this guy stays healthy, if Kyrie stays healthy, uh, the sky's the limit for him. He's going to go down as a, one of the greats. And what I love about Kyrie is something that you bring up. His rookie season he missed a shot in Toronto that would have won the Cavs the game. Literally, I think it was like two games later or maybe a week later, they had the game in Charlotte, and he literally hit the jumper to win. And you just see the focus. But the one thing that people used to question was his demeanor. And even as he was hitting these shots and, you know, in that game and went into overtime, you saw that his demeanor didn't change. His 
his he had a laser type focus, and you when he hit that last shot, the way he turned around, you felt like they were going to win that game going into overtime, and you also saw they literally stole the energy from the San Antonio Spurs, who after you saw the reaction of Tim Duncan when they had got that one playoff, you the Spurs thought they had that game won. And this is an example of the Cavs literally snatched victory from the jaws of defeat, and it was just, I mean, awesome, awesome to watch. And we're not talking about the way they dismantled the Dallas Mavericks also, too, two nights before. So, you know, the Cavs are on this stretch where they're playing all these games away from home, and literally they're playing better and better. Um, you know, the Atlanta Hawks, what they're doing is great, but I'm seeing the way the Cleveland Cavaliers are learning to win games is, is going to be a difference. We talk about Coach David Black real quick, and everybody's all up in arms about him not playing my job and love late in the games and things like that. I think this guy, I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I think he's trying to do a, uh, a mind game with the rest of the NBA, the way that they had kind of had him at the beginning of the season. I think we're going to see them start playing right the last four games of the season. You'll see Mazda play a little bit more in the fourth quarter. I think he's trying to save the bigs, and even so, Kevin Love. I think you'll see those guys start playing more, so that way they're ready to go fresh in the playoffs, and then nobody can really make that many adjustments because they haven't seen the Cavs play with them late in games. I'm hoping that's the case. So, yeah, I think he, I think Black isn't the type of guy that is set in his way that these are the five guys that are going to finish every game. I think he does a lot. I mean, it looks, it's got to be by feel, you know, I mean, whether that's Tristan uh, having a good game or the matchup, um, you know, it's, it's something I think that's going to work itself out. And as long as you're winning, there's no issues, but uh, you lose a couple and he's sitting on the bench and it's going to be an issue. So uh, I, I, I'm going to trust David Black. Um, Coach Popovich gave him a raving review. Uh, so uh, if he's good enough for Pop, I'm going to trust him on this one. Um, but as far as I, that game, it, the biggest thing, and you said it, it, it's the learning to win stuff. You know, that it, With the egg they laid against the Hawks, uh, to be able to come back out and then win that game on the road. If they would have lost it, it, it wouldn't have been devastating, but it would have been another little chink in the armor. But to be able to pull that out the way they pulled that out, that's a playoff game feel. And that's going to – the win was way, way, way more important than if they had have lost, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, the way they won and Kyrie's performance, yeah, it's no, definitely propels them with momentum to let them know that they could win a tough game. I mean, it, it's 30 seconds left down to, like, you know, three seconds. That game never was over to them, um, and that's a great sign to see. And you talk about the Hawks game. Yeah, they lost, but in that Hawks game, they, they brought the lead down twice. Even the bench brought the lead down under single digits. I thought I saw something in there where, you know, the Hawks had to be feeling it, like, you know, what do we have to do to beat this team? Um and the Cavs, I will say this: they they might have showed a little wear and tear for being on the you know on the road a little bit, but um, and this stretch of games that they have, like you know, uh, in this time frame, but that was all fine. I, I wasn't disappointed in the effort that I saw. I was disappointed with the loss to the Hawks, but I saw, and then they bounced back and beat the you know Suns like they had stole something. So you know, it, it, it's the ebb and flow with the NBA. Um, and it was just one of those things that the Cavs put themselves in a bad position against the Hawks to keep climbing the mountain. I mean, they climbed the mountain twice, but to climb it three times in one game was just a little too much considering this stretch. Uh, when they get a couple of days rest, we see what they can do, and uh, very happy. I mean, with this upcoming schedule, you got the Orlando Magic, the Heat, the Nets. 
I mean, there's no – I mean, we talk about it. The Orlando Magic, they have their injury issues. Uh, all the people will be fired up to go against Kyrie. But other than that, um, you know, you're not going to see much from them. Uh, the Heat, we know what's going on down there. The Goran Dragic trade has blew up in Pat Riley's face, and now he's making comments about, you know, LeBron making snap decisions. Uh, you know, listen here, man, slick the hair and stop talking about LeBron James, Riley, it's over. Uh, then you got the Brooklyn Nets train wreck. But the game coming up that is the marker, we'll see the Indiana Pacers and who we might see in the playoffs, um, that first-round game, and they will see the return of Paul George that game. And the Pacers have been, you know, with the CJ Miles revenge, they have been the pesky Pacers when they face the Cavs. Yeah, you, you made a great point that it, on the response. How do you respond to uh, the Atlanta Hawks game? Uh, you come back out with the Suns and you blow them out. Uh, then you, you take on the Spurs and you win that big game. And now you're going to see is how do you respond to a great win like that? Do we go out and back that up? Uh, so I, I think the most important thing for the Cavs right now in building that unity and that confidence in one another is the next game. You know, how how do I respond? How do, how do things go after either a, a good win or a bad loss or a tight game or whatever? Uh, those are the things that I think I, I, that are really building this team towards being a championship-caliber team. There's no doubt. Number two in the East is pretty much solidified now. The uh, Raptors and the Bulls are about two games back, and we know with the schedule we just laid out, the Cavs keep winning. Um Cavs are must-see TV. I mean, if you missed the Spurs-Cavs game, I feel sorry for Cavs fans who have been uh, watching over the last four or five years. Uh, this was one for the ages. And, I mean, I, I, I think you'll be able to catch it on ESPN because it was an instant class. We move on to talk about the other team in Cleveland that plays professional football, or at least they claim to. We talk about the Cleveland Browns. Um, as always, go Cavs, believe land, love Cleveland. With these Cleveland Browns, we see that we have six starters now gone, uh, both on the offense and defense, uh, you know, sheared to the Patriots, Green to the Jets, uh, Brian Hoyer to the Texans, of course. Um, the Browns signed Josh McCown, Brian Hartline. They brought in Spencer, they re-signed Spencer Lanning and John Hughes, so we're very happy about that. And then also signed Ruben Jones. Uh, the NFL free agency has been a uh, – uh, uh, an unbelievable turn of events in the uh, NFL, but we will focus on the Browns here. Jake, your thoughts already, and I mean, especially with the Jordan Cameron situation where you had the great tweet played like a Brown, because I don't think we've seen anybody flip-flop like that since Boozer lied to the blind man to uh, take the money and run and go to Utah Jazz. Yeah, and, you know, the the Browns are taking a lot, a big hit on this, and it, to their credit, I don't know how much blame they're really responsible for. Uh, obviously, somebody in Cameron's camp leaked that, probably his agent. And that's a pretty scummy thing to do, and I hope that uh, karma catches up to him with it. But uh, it, this team, I don't know what they're trying to do. You know, I mean, losing Sheard, uh, it just it seems like they're taking four steps backwards to make one step progress and um to be honest with you we're in worse shape i think now than we were last year at this time uh less direction and um it's frustrating right now so i don't know what are your thoughts on this free agency 
it is, it's very frustrating because you see teams like the Colts who were in the AFC Championship. They go out and get Andre Johnson and Frank Gore. Uh, yeah, that makes them better. Um, you know, you see the Seahawks trade for Jimmy Graham. Uh, yes, that makes them better. You know, uh, uh, DeMarco Murray is now with the Eagles considering what Chip Kelly did with sending, you know, Shady McCoy to Buffalo, and it looked like he was doing a fire sale. But now they might be better off. I mean, everybody is getting better, you know. And uh, and the Cincinnati Bengals, shout out to them for signing AJ Hawk. I mean, you know, everybody's getting better around the Browns except the Browns, you know. Um, and here 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 here's the real thing with the Browns too. They they are just handling business, PR everything in the worst possible way. So this off season, you raise ticket prices by fifty percent. You go out and sign Josh McCown and tell us that's going to be our starting quarterback with our other quarterback in rehab. And then, you know, um, you have this debacle now with Jordan Cameron, and the only press release they send out is about having an orange carpet for when the Browns unveil the new jerseys. I mean, these guys are they are delusional in the way that they're handling things. And once again, I've said it time and time before, why they can't look at the history of what's happened on and off the field and just try not to make those same mistakes instead of, you know, we're here, we've got the job, we can do whatever we want. You know, it, it's just it's, it's so damn frustrating. But I'll tell you this, a lot of people are saying they're not going to renew their season tickets. They're not, you know, um, they might be done with the Browns, this and that. I'm not done with the Browns. And, no, I'm not, you know, the thing is, anybody can own this team, but this is my team. It's my football team. You know, I, I waited for the Browns to get back in 1999, and I'd be damn sure that I don't care who's working in there. I'm going to be a fan of this team until they literally – disband the NFL. So, you know, I'm going to be critical. I'm going to scream. I'm going to shout, but I'm never going to turn my back on the Cleveland Browns. So, and they also signed that Lewis, by the way. But, you know, I, 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 it's just so frustrating not understanding how people can come in and not realize that, you know, you can avoid some of these simple problems if you just look at what happened in the history of what people had tried to do that had your same job. You know, like they had your same job, tried to do the same things, and failed. So just avoid that. Just avoid that mistake, and right there we will be ahead of the eight ball. You know, I'm sick of these – it seems like every general manager and president that the Browns bring in, whether that's Randy Lerner or Jimmy Haslam, has this giant ego and always wants to be the guy that's smarter than everybody else and and just exudes arrogance, whether that's Mike Holmgren – or uh, Phil Savage, or uh, whoever. I look back at all of them, and that's the thing. Instead of finding someone who's able to uh, macro-manage these people, put the right people in place, put scouts in place, and have some confidence in their abilities and not try to prove that they're the, the smartest guy in the room all the time, and it just seems like we got another front office doing that with Farmer and Shiner and uh, who knows how much Jimmy's involved, but it, it, that's the frustrating thing is just, like you said, the, the, the just we hit the reset button and we just keep getting killed at the same spot in the game every time. So, And then the other problem is because of that, and I think a big reason we're not getting these free agent looks is nobody wants to be here. The, around the league, the perception of the Cleveland Browns is that they're a joke and they're poorly run, and you're not going to win. So unless you unload bags and bags of cash at people's doorsteps of players who've already won and 
and generally when you do that, they're not quite as motivated as they were before they got that contract. So uh, it all adds up, and uh, the only thing that you can do is really have success in the draft. And we've already seen last year how we turned two first-round draft picks into what we had last year. Would you trade the two first-round draft picks? We saw Sam Bradford and the Nick Foles trade. Sam Bradford from the Rams, St. Louis Rams go to uh, the Philadelphia Eagles for a draft pick and uh, Nick Foles returns to the St. Louis Rams. You know, would, would you have traded 12 or 19 or the combination of both for Nick Foles? No. No, I, I, I haven't seen enough of Nick Foles and what I've seen of him. I know that a lot of it was the league adjusting to Chip Kelly. Um, and I think, that, like like I said, with the, the perception of the Cleveland Browns around the league, we need to make those draft picks count and we need to get good young talent in here. And, you know, I'm not going to risk two starters potentially for a quarterback that I'm not sure about. Well, considering what we just did uh, with the free agents leaving, we haven't had two starters from a first-round draft pick in the last, you know, eight drafts. So, I mean, that's the only reason that I look at it. I mean, the guys that we get late in rounds from round three on have had the greatest impact for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, once again, I'm just trending with history. I'm not – you're right in the theory and the, the philosophy that you have, but when we talk about the Cleveland Browns, they just haven't been able to do it. Um, I think Nick Foles is better than the other options that we have. I mean, I know that's a weak argument, but it's just one of those things to me. I think it would have been – and I'm not looking to to rise the fans. I'm looking to win football games, and I think Nick Foles could have helped us do that. Um, he's got the live arm. He We know he can throw a lot, so it's just throwing to the right times. And uh, we know it's going to be a ball control philosophy when we look at what the Cleveland Browns are going to do next year. So uh, I guess we'll be in capable hands with the great Josh McCown. The other name to not take completely off the board yet would be Sam Bradford. I, I'm not sure Chip Kelly is – is convinced that he's the starter and may uh, maybe looking to move him, either cutting him or trying to trade him. So that might be another name to keep in mind. I don't think the Browns are done yet bringing in quarterbacks. Oh, I remember Sam Bradford and DeMarco Murray were college roommates when they had the great years at Oklahoma. But just like that, uh, Bradford's year, he got hurt. He was hurt. He's been hurt his whole career. I mean, I, I, you know, the thing is, I mean, we've seen every quarterback get hurt here in Cleveland most seasons. So, I mean, it would just be more of the same. This this whole thing with uh, – and everybody's been talking about Josh McCown coming in to mentor Johnny Manziel, uh, whether or not Johnny even sees the field this year, we don't know. It's too much of an unknown variable. Uh, but I'll say this about that. We've seen this movie before also, too, with the Cleveland Browns in our history. It, it reminds me of Jake Dale Home and Colt McCoy. I just, you know, for me, it's it's more the same over and over again. And it's the arrogance and, and the audacity that these guys can't be questioned. Nobody can be critical of the Browns and what they're doing. And nobody can point out the fact that they're just dead wrong and the actions that they're taking. And I'm talking specifically about Ray Farmer and specifically about Alex Shiner. And let's also not forget that we might lose a draft pick. So this is another reason I guess you really can't trade some of these assets because Ray Farmer wants to text the sideline. And we're waiting on that ruling from the NFL front office, which we know will probably come out, I don't know, maybe the, before the first game which will, or before the draft, which will really screw the Cleveland Browns yet again. I think a way to end all this and to motivate the front office, I think for every press conference that Ray Farmer or Jimmy Haslam or Alex Shiner attend, 
they have to come out to yakety sacks until they make the playoffs. Well, it'll be interesting to see how the Browns move forward. They have not been very active in free agency. Um, you know, one of the one of the I will say this one of the positives out there. We saw Justin Gilbert working out with Joe Hayden. Hopefully, that leads to something good. Uh, you know, and good luck to the Browns that left. I have no, you know, I mean, all these guys left and went and got paid. You know, besides George Cameron with the little uh, shell games he played. Um, any interest in some of the guys still out there in free agency? We've seen Dwayne Bowes out there, Reggie Bush. Any 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 interest in anybody that's out there floating around? No, no. I mean, I I guess it wouldn't hurt to bring in a lower price veteran wide receiver. Still, um, obviously, the tight end position is still uh, very much in flux. Uh, I'm not sure. Did Charles Clay sign with Buffalo yet? He has not signed, and Jermaine Gresham's out there too. I think Clay would be worth getting into maybe a little bidding war with. You know, they, whatever you sign him to, Miami's not going to match. So all you got to do is uh, outbid Buffalo for him. I think that would be something to look at. Um, then you're going to also Mercedes, need to, Mercedes Lewis is out there as well. He's so long in the tooth right now, and Gresham gets hurt every year. I, I don't think either one of them are a big upgrade from what we already have here, unfortunately. I think Clay really is the only big upgrade, and then – after that, I think you're looking in the draft at tight end. Well, you know, we'll be covering the draft. But we we sadly love the draft because we're always looking forward to it <laughs> and hoping that it can save the Cleveland Browns and, and bring hope for the future. I will say this uh, to close this one out. This is why I get angry. It was, a, you know, I got into a little Twitter beef the night of the Super Bowl with, uh, you know, of course, the clown who uh, runs the Twitter account for Good Morning America. And then some Browns fans were saying, Oh, yeah, but we can hope for the Super Bowl right now. This is why I get angry about shit like that. Because there's no hope for the Super Bowl when you got clowns in the front office bringing in more clowns like McClown, you know, uh, doing things like that for this organization. So, you know, I believe in the Cleveland Browns one day will win a Super Bowl. I just don't know if I will be, you know, wheeling myself into the stadium or, like, have a little uh, moving wheelchair with my mind like Professor X to see it. So, you know, it's just one of these things, you know, when it will happen, I don't know. But as always, go Browns. Believe. I'm sick of these guys. God damn. They're so fucking depressing, man. They're so far away right now. Oh, we finally got some sunshine and some good things to see. We get to see the fresh cut grass and the sand get kicked up. We're talking a baseball diamond. We're talking a desert. We're talking try. You're Cleveland Indians. I've been playing pretty well out in the desert. Jake, what, any impressions? We, we've seen, you know, of course, uh, the pitching arms. We're talking about, you know, uh, Bauer, Carrasco, Kluber have some good outings and also Cody Allen, but uh, Brandon Moss, bopping out there. Good to see him uh, with the full rotation after that hip surgery, uh, being able to still get the bat and the ball out the park. Yeah, Brandon Moss looks healthy. If we can get the production from uh, both Nick Swisher and Brandon Moss that we were counting on just Nick Swisher producing last year, uh, I think we're in in good shape there. And I think the way it looks right now, that's uh, a distinct uh, possibility. Uh, I'm excited for uh, Francisco Lindor. Uh, The guy's major league ready. And if the Dolans don't start him up here this year, uh, I mean, it would be very dull and it would be cheap. I don't know what you do about it, but uh, it's just another reason to dislike them. Hopefully they do the right thing. And Francisco endorsed the opening day starter. 
Uh, TJ House has been pitching really good, too. Uh, the starters are really excited about this starting rotation, this young starting rotation. Uh, I think they're going to keep us in a lot of ball games, and this team is, with Lindor up the middle, a very good defensive team. Um, so I, I think I think they're kind of built they're built for a good run here this year. I think. Well, we'd love to see Lindor and Ramirez at second. I mean, but I know we might have to uh, have Kipnis, uh, who's trying to rebound from a terrible year last year, uh, stay in there. Um, it, when we talk about the Indies, it sucks that Gavin Floyd uh, looks like he might be re-injured again. He felt like he heard that same pop again that he heard, uh, you know, the last time he had to have a Tommy John service. It also sucks Josh Tomlin is injured. So uh, we're um, hoping these guys can get back, uh, especially Josh Tomlin, probably faster than Gavin Floyd will. Um, and because, uh, you know, it would be great to see him play a role in that uh, in that uh, bullpen. Um, you know, I, I, I will say this. I'm excited just to see. I, I just love seeing baseball. You know, it just – it just makes you feel a little better. That's why March is, is so electric. You know, that's why this show, it says show 36, is electric. Uh, with college basketball, baseball starting, it's just a, a fresh start to the year. You know, the snow is starting to melt a little bit, even though it's a little rainy. But, you know, it's just it, you're just starting to get that that buzz is out there. You know, that buzz when you hear the electricity on a hot day, you, you, can, you can feel it, you know. So uh, very excited about the Indians. Uh, one of the things that sucks that happened out this year is some, some buffoon, took Tito's rally scooter for a little ride and crashed it. So, you know, uh, you know, the skip had to be without his uh, uh, famous rally scooter for a little bit. Uh, I heard it's back in commission, and he's buzzing around again. I mean, Lord knows this guy's had enough surgeries and whatnot that his body doesn't need the, the, the pain of having to walk all the way from the facilities back and forth and whatnot. That's why the rally scooter was so important. And we'll be having live coverage from Goodyear at the end of the month, heading down there uh, on the 30th, going to catch a couple games, try to get some interviews for you guys, and uh, definitely lots of pictures uh, and insights. So uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to the the opening day and uh, ready to roll tribe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Believe, man, Windians, as always, roll tribe. We go to our Liverpool we go to our Liverpool FC two-minute update, and I mean, Liverpool FC probably the hottest team in soccer right now. Uh, you know, we see in the Premier League they didn't lose a game in February. They're coming in now. They're going to see ever. They're going to see uh, Swansea City, and then they will play Man United. So we know those are two huge games. Two huge games. They backdoored their way into the FA Cup quarterfinal. So we'll see them play against Rovers. Um, you know, it's just going to be awesome. Awesome to see what Liverpool can do here coming down the stretch in March and April. So definitely, as always, you know, we are so excited about Liverpool. And then, you know, you see the great charity game coming up. We know the great captain, Steven Gerrard, is retiring. Uh, but, you know, Jamie Carragher will be there at the charity match. And then the count, Luis Suarez, will make his return to Anfield. So that should be very exciting for all the Liverpool fans. As always, you never walk alone, Liverpool FC. This is With an Ohio Bias, a podcast for real fans with DNJ. We will see you on the other side talking your Columbus Blue Jackets, MMA, and some boxing. We're getting in the squared circle, ladies and gentlemen. We will see you on the other side. If it's not too hard, uh, I don't know. Could you try to drop uh, 10 seconds of Yakety Saxon when I talked about that? Yeah, I can do that.
That's seriously what they should That'd be funny as hell. That's pretty much what it is every time they show up for the press conference. All right, we're back. We're talking here, Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Blue Jackets, got a little win streak going here, three in a row. Uh, you know, beat the Oilers in a, in a thrilling game. I mean, all these games with Bob back now, Bob's been standing on his head a little bit. Great to see um, – gave up some goals, but the Blue Jackets have found a way to win. Can they put together one more run here to uh, win? We saw the trades of James Wisniewski, Columbus fan favorite, the Wiz, and then also the thrilling, uh, the heart-wrenching letter uh, from Leopold's daughter. Uh, You know, he gets traded and gets to go home to the Minnesota Wild, and we add Adam Clarkson. What are we seeing from the Blue Jackets going forward here? Well, to answer your first question, no, they're they're not going to make the playoffs this year. There's not much they can do at this point. Um, it's they're they're playing gritty. They're definitely not on the tee box yet. They stuck around and they're playing hard. And this is a lot of what we thought we were going to see during most of the year. Uh, we see Ryan Murray come back now, and uh, hopefully he stays healthy and has a good run to finish. Uh, he's really important going forward. Uh, it'd be nice to get Boone Jenner back out on the ice before the season ends so that we can kind of see that complete team that we were looking at. Uh, unfortunately, right now, these wins are uh, lowering our draft pick. But, uh, you know, with a young team, anytime you can start building some momentum and get some wins and learn how to win, uh, that's important. So uh, I'm not too too worried about that. It'll take care of itself. But uh, having Bob's back is is huge. He had some big saves in the shootout last night. And, um, and just uh, excited for the future. I really think this team next year is going to be really poised to make a big statement, a lot like maybe Tampa Bay Lightning were last year, finishing uh, in the bottom of the conference. And then uh, also uh, coming back this year and being one of the top seeds Steve Stamkos wasn't their draft pick, was it? The kid that they got number one, he was, like, scoring all the goals? No, not last year. They got Stamkos in the trade. Yeah, he's been around for a while with them. He was hurt last year. Who's the kid, though, that he got? Hold on, I got someone at my door. Jehovah's a witness. It's dead serious. Spreading the, spreading the gospel, man. <laughs> the JW pin on. Yeah. Watchtower, man. JW.org. Damn it. How about that? How about that NFL player that left? I can't think of his name right now, but he left to go become a Jehovah's Witness. He walked away from like seven million dollars. No shit. I didn't, I missed that one. All right, where were we? We were talking jackets, right? Yeah, we're talking jackets. Jonathan Drone, Jordan, Tampa Bay Lightning. Jonathan Jerome, what about him? D-R-O-U-I-N, how do you say that? Spell it again. 
D R O U I N. I'd say Drone. Yeah. They had a 19-year-old kid that was scoring goals like crazy. They, it didn't amount to, but this guy literally was on Sports Center all the time. He was a rookie. Okay, nevertheless, here's the point I was trying to get to. We see tanking in the NBA. That's how teams try to get better. Is it worth you talk about the the wins maybe hurting the Jackets draft picks? I've seen the arguments, too. In the great uh, Union Blue Soldiers threads on Facebook, shout out to Kevin James Valentine. Happy birthday, buddy. Uh, huge uh, number one uh, CBJ fan. Um, you know, is it is it worth taking in the NHL? Does that help teams get better? Well, the process is very similar to the NBA. It's the draft uh, for the top, for the teams that missed out on the playoffs. Uh, so there's a little bit of that, but it doesn't guarantee you anything. Um, I, more so this year, there, this this draft is really, really loaded, and it has a lot of good players. So the higher up you get, the, the better chance you're going to get one of these guys that could turn into uh, a, a big-time impact player. Who was the last big-time impact player that came into the league uh, and really turned heads? Well, my first thought goes to Crosby. Sidney Crosby, his rookie year, came in and really lit it up. Um, Most recently, I mean, there hasn't been that type of player that has come in and just dominated and been the best player on his team right right from the get-go. But there's a lot of guys right now that are – the NHL is a lot like baseball. takes a really special player to come in off the draft and, and come up to your team and make a big impact. Um, but the, there's a lot of guys that, you know, one, two years down the road are, are cornerstones of franchises. But I think Sydney was the, the last one that I can remember that came right out and was the best player on his team. Yeah, we can think about Tyler Seguin with the, with the Boston Bruins. But uh, we know what Joe Hansen, we know what Rajo and Ryan Murray you know, dead for the Jaguars. I guess a top five pick could make a difference here, yeah, definitely. And especially if the guy gets time to come along uh, with the young Jackets team. I mean, we could be talking dynasty here in Hockey City. And it was a great win. Speaking of Hockey City, uh, that's my nickname for Columbus because I believe we're Hockey City. It was great to see Hockey City take down Hockey Town. The CBJ with a great win over the Detroit Red Wings. Well, we'll look forward to the NHL draft. You know, we'll be coming here with an Ohio bias. Uh, and looking forward to see how the Jackets finish the season. Uh, hopefully get everybody healthy and see a little coalescing of talent uh, here to finish the NHL season. As always, go CBJ. We are the fifth line. The Union Army stands as one. Want to get into the world of MMA. And, Jake, the fight that was seen around the world because the UFC couldn't even sue all the people who put the 14-second fight out there on the internet. It was Ronda, 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 taking down Capsigano and something that, I mean, it surprised the hell out of me. Uh, Armbar, victory, once again, Ronda Rousey uh, shows her dominance and greatness. Yeah, when the fight fits on a vine, uh, it's going to be out there. So, uh, But just, again, Ronda Rousey dominating uh, as usual, uh, I, I don't see any woman right now uh, 
on the radar as someone who could be a legit contender. I heard this argument uh, a couple times. What are your thoughts on uh, her possibly ever fighting a guy? Not, not going to happen. I mean, it shouldn't happen, and that's not what, you know, um, it, it's different, not in the uh, octagon. It's different when you have Olympic rules, maybe judo or something like that. Uh, I would see it as a more of a possibility. But in the fact of the matter in, in mixed martial arts, um, to have it happen in a UFC type of style, is, is just it should not happen, and I would not support that. Yeah, I was kind of on the same page. I just The message it sends, it's a delicate, delicate situation to even contemplate doing. A uh, lot of a lot of pitfalls and things that could happen that would be bad and not look good for anybody. So, uh, I th- I think that's the way to go, and I I think it's something that they want to just talk about, and it'd be like if uh, Wilt were ever play against Shaquille O'Neal type situation. Exactly, and I mean that's great for the sport. You know, we always have these arguments whether it's Jordan Kobe. Uh, Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, LeBron, Jordan. I mean, you know, you get those things. Uh, you know what what Ronda has done, um, and this is, but this has happened in the UFC before. I mean, you think about the epic rise of John Jones. You know, like you get you get certain athletes at their time, or even you. Let's take you know the, in the argument you make. You know, of course, much has been made about her possibly taking on Floyd Mayweather. You know, you look at Floyd Mayweather's career. I mean, if certain guys come along, uh, certain athletes come along at a time where there's just not enough talent to challenge them, but there's enough talent to push them to greatness. So, you know, you, and you can't take anything away from the people that she's fought, but they just weren't up to stuff. I mean, we've we seen Misha we Tate, who probably is uh, number two or number three, you know, fighter in the world, but she can't even compete with Ronda. You know, so, I mean, she's just, you know, so much better than everybody else. I also think that Casagano fight, Casagano played right to her hand, and went away from her own tendency to start slow in fights. She came out so fast, so with so much power, and she did shock Ronda for a second. But I think that's the greatest thing that you see. You saw in five seconds Ronda Rousey get shocked and react almost all in the same breath, and then win the fight and take it away. So she took away all the momentum and excitement that Kat Sagano thought she was surprising her with, and ended the fight very quickly. Uh, so shout out to Ronda Rousey, the bantamweight champ. Um, you know, it's funny, Carla Esparza, who's fighting on the UFC 185 card, and the uh, Pettis Dos Anjos card, she said, you know, probably everybody in that division is going to be moving down to try to fight her. I will say this about Ronda Rousey. She's doing a, she's taking a break to do another great movie. Um, she's going to be doing a movie with the producer of The Raid and The Raid Redemption. So that's going to be pretty cool to see how that comes out. Uh, it's going to be cinematic glory uh, for uh, MMA fans and, of course, those of action movie and, uh, you know, uh, mixed uh, and martial arts movie style. So uh, we'll see that. And uh, Jessica Evil Eye and Bethes Correa are, are pushing Cleveland's own Jessica Evil Eye was at the match saying she wants to fight Ronda. Um, which I think Jessica will give Ronda a fight. But once again, I, I mean, just being totally honest, the fight goes to the ground. Ronda's judo is just too good. I can't see. But if it stays up striking, I think Jessica with her forward boxing background will be better. But, you know, I've made the argument about everybody. Ronda's been walking through people. So, what you know, at this point, I am Team Rousey. Don't get it wrong. But at this point, uh, it's, it should be interesting to see how it moves forward. Some other exciting stuff. On that same card, the Pettis-Dos Daniels card, I do think Anthony Pettis will win easily and defend his title. Um, we see the immortal Matt Brown return to take on Johnny Hendricks, and this is going to be the big rig Johnny Hendricks. I think that's going to be an amazing fight. 
And, I mean, Matt Brown's got to bring it. Uh, can't wait to let this one go to the cards as we've seen what happened. I mean, he could have been the uh, the champ, the, the – We we know Matt Brown literally went to the cars with now welterweight champ Robbie Lawler. Uh, the decision went to Robbie Lawler. Um, that Matt Brown gave a hell of a fight in that third round. Um, that's what. So that's why I say he's got to really try to go. And, and you know, Big Rick Hendricks will throw those. So this should be a great fight. They will fight in the pocket. They will throw. The, they will throw against each other, and uh, it should be very exciting. Also, Ohio win. Stipe Miocic will fight Mark Hunt at UFC Adelaide in Australia. Uh, Mark Hunt, of course, from New Zealand, gets to fight a little bit in his background, a, a little stone throw away the ocean there in, in Australia. Um, but we know Stipe, after the fight with uh, Junior Dos Santos, the guy is ready to fight anybody, and he, he wants the title shot if he gets past Mark Hunt. So that will be a great fight upcoming. we got the other list of the most anticipated fights that we're looking forward to. Um, you know, MMA is so exciting right now. we got a bunch of great stuff happening that we'll be uh, seeing. we got the card with uh, – Uriah Faber and Frankie Edgar. We got the fight card with Uriah Faber and Frankie Edgar, hoping that Cody No Love Garbrandt can get on that card at USC Manila, that fight night. So, uh, and, and we'll be covering all that stuff. But check out with an Ohio Bias, the feature of our most anticipated fights. Uh, we got the ones that we're looking for. And of course, we got all the Ohio fighters that are coming up. So, uh, MMA, hell yeah, Team MMA for life. We move from the octagon to the square circle, and uh, there's nothing else to say. It's finally here, five years in the making. Mayweather Pacquiao is here. Hold on one second. Um, uh, Before we tie up MMA, I just wanted to, for the wrestling fans, uh, what's the status of Brock Lesnar? Is there any word on CM Punk possibly fighting anytime soon? And I was curious, is Bobby Lashley, a legit MMA guy? Yes. Okay. Is he good? How, where Bobby, you... Bobby, yeah, he's good. He's fighting in strike, he's fighting in strike force. No, he fights in, uh, shit. Bring him, no, no. Uh, he fights in strike, but I just can't remember. What. Bellator? Yes. Uh, is it Bellator? I think he's Bellator. Yeah, he fights in Bellator, but he's out of the fight right now. Uh, he's their cha- he's uh, the TNA champ right now, I think. <laughs> so yeah, Bobby Lashley is actually good. He's just not good on the ground. He's too big. Uh-uh. I don't think he has a uh, like a jujitsu background or anything like that. Yeah, Bellator, he was supposed to fight. He was supposed to fight at the end of the 27, but he had to drop out of the fight. That was supposed to be Bellator at 134. But, you know, Bobby Lashley Lashley and, uh, you know, of course, King Molo Wall have made the greatest transition from wrestling to fighting. Uh, You mentioned uh, Brock Lesnar. Um, From what I know, Brock Lesnar wants to fight. He wants to unify both the UFC and the WWE Heavyweight Championships. 
He wants to see Frank Mir again, um, but he cannot get out of the contract with Vince McMahon or make concessions with a new contract to be able to fight in both the UFC and the WWE or to compete in both the UFC and the WWE simultaneously. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. We know he walked out of that Monday Night Raw because this is what the main concern was. Um, he really wants to come back to MMA. And Dana's been doing a great job of having Brock Lesnar at the uh, huge fights. He, of course, was at the Ronda Rousey fight at the Staples Center. And then on Punk? Nothing. That guy ain't fighting. Nothing. No, I've, seen him. I've seen him at the – he's not ready. That guy's not ready. Yeah. Uh, I think it's what would you say would be a timetable next spring, winter, fall? I have no, I, I have no idea. Um, I have no idea. I have, I literally have seen nothing on the guy MMA wise. So now I'm gonna look right now. Okay, I gotta go to Facebook. Let me just see. But yeah, it's just been quiet on this dude, honestly. Because I haven't. I mean, I the all that stuff that I was sitting all that stuff I was sending you before, it was just because I literally would come across it because, like, people were um, posting it. And then, yeah, people are talking to him about possibly coming back to the WWE. Wow. Without ever fighting at UFC? <laughs> no, I'm seeing, that, I'm seeing that Stone Cold is talking about having a special match with the guy. Oh, that would be fucking sweet. Yeah, he's in the welterweight. He's in that division with Matt Brown and so out of here. But I mean, can you see him fighting Matt Brown right, right here? I mean, like, so that's fuck no. So, so that's what I'm saying. He's in that division with those guys. I don't. Yes, yeah, I'm cold. I I'm wonder cold. who would this. sell more pay per views if Ronda Rousey was the main event of the next UFC, or if you or if CM Punk were just on a card. Well, here's the problem with Ronda Rousey now. Because here's a perfect example. I'm not buying a Ronda Rousey fight, and you know right. I'm an MMA fan. I'm going to the bar to watch it. Yeah. And that's the problem. And, and then she, yeah. everybody wanted to compare that fight to, uh, or compare her to Mike Tyson, which I think is a terrible comparison, um, just in my opinion. No, but I do too. Because Mike Tyson was an event to go see him pound a guy in the minute and a half. Ronda Rousey. Didn't and you didn't care, you didn't care what suitcase he was fighting either. Yeah. You know, like it nope. was Peter McNeely. I mean, like, you know, like, yep. so. Um, what Ronda has a problem was, like, nobody saw the early fights, so everybody's just seeing what she's doing now. So if you, without, you you have no perspective on how great she really is. And then, Plus, like, there's no history. history. Well, she has a history, but I, that's what it, but no, I mean, no, nobody I'm knows the history. sport itself, you, MMA women's fighting isn't, you know, boxing had a history. There's no, there's no backlog of women fighters that you can kind of, you know, say, oh, she's the greatest of all time because – you have this guy who's the greatest of all time. You know, there's no none of that going on. Uh, well, yeah, I, I'll give you that. Yeah, I guess for the casual fan, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But even with the, the ending the fight so quickly, you don't get to see her showcase anything either for MMA fans or for any kind of fan. Like, you just see her win so fast, you're like, damn, this is bullshit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, they so should it, sell it, pay-per-views it, of her sparring. Well, that was yeah, biggest, no, that was the biggest felt. thing. She broke. Like, that's the thing that the stuff that goes viral on her is the shit. Like she broke this guy's ribs with the judo throw. You know what I'm saying during the interview. Like that's right. the kind of stuff that. Like I mean, she like the the stuff that leads up to her fights is almost like Mayweather with the 24/7. You 
like the build up to her fights, et cetera. Like think about the shit that happened for her going up to this fight. The Sports Illustrated women's swimsuit issue. Yeah, I mean, like she yeah. has to have. Uh, uh, you'll see a push for her here in about a month or so because she's in an entourage movie. Like, you know what I mean? She has more stuff going on outside of the octagon that, you know, I mean, the 14 seconds, it was great. And they actually, it was a perfect night because there wasn't that much going on in sports that night. So it led the next day. But other than that, if it's a, like, here's a perfect example. You put her, you ask a question about her or CM Punk. You put her on a night during the NBA playoffs or something like that. I can't see it. You know what I mean? Um, right. Also, she needs to, Ronda needs to fight on, on, on Fox. Like she needs to be showcased on like the you got to take her off a of pay per view for yeah. one fight. And I, I agree. With her. That. That's a great uh, point. And that's um, a great point. Because you put her on Fox once and she wins and she gets the exposure, then she may be a co-main eventer on her next fight. Well, she was a main eventer that last fight. Right, I know, but I'm saying at this point she can't be a main event ever again at this point because of the competition. If you put her for free and give her some exposure, then possibly she could be like a co-main event on a card. Well, she could, and here's a, here's a perfect example. The Bezos Correa fight is very intriguing, at least to me, because Bezos Correa, like, her style is crazy. Also, too, she's beaten. Ronda Rousey has a camp. They call themselves the Four Horsewomen, Shayna Laser right. and uh, uh, the Queen of Spades. But Bezos Correa has beaten two of those fighters, the other, the other young ladies in Invicta, so she's not in the UFC right now. Bezos Correa walked through both of those two. So she's been chomping at the bit talking to they take Rhonda to Brazil and have her fight Basis Correa in her backyard, that's a huge pay per view fight. That's a, I mean so but that's more of an international grab, it's not an American grab, but still that's a fight I wanna see as a fight fan. And um even if that was a fight night, that was on Fox, I think so you get a little best of the both worlds, but you know, UFC is a business, they're trying to make money. Lord knows they gotta pay for the steroid testing now, so they gotta uh, squeeze all the pay per view money they can. I, I will say this, kind of uh, transitioning into the Floyd Mayweather fighting. Give USC credit. Dana has gotten it perfect as far as making his fighters fight and fight the big fights and and getting out the best fights. In boxing, it's been such a struggle to get these two in the ring. Uh, it, it, that's why USC there is kicking, kicking boxing's ass. Well, another thing Dana has done, and this is one of the cripes from fighters, is he doesn't, you know, give everybody huge salaries for big-time marquee matchups. you got to work your way up. And the, like I talked about John Jones with the string of fights or like what Ronda has done now, you know, you, you've got to have an undefeated streak of 10 fights or something like that. We talk about Anderson Silva, even though his purse is that. That was a $2 million purse that's being withheld right now because of the possible, uh, well, the steroid-failed, uh, you know, uh, test. So, yeah, I mean, the certain fighters that have proven themselves, they get the big paydays. But the other guys, I mean, we're talking about fighters on some of these fight cards that get paid under $10,000 maybe. So, yeah, I mean, like they're not getting that big money like some of these boxers are. Um, and we know this Floyd Mayweather. We, we talk about Mayweather Pacquiao. We know this Mayweather Pacquiao. They're talking about possibly, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the money that it's going to generate, you know, over over a half a billion, maybe close to $300 million. I mean, that's unbelievable, you know, unbelievable money for this fight. But, you know, what I can't take is the press conference they had for Mayweather Pacquiao. And Bob Arum and these guys still trading bars. And, and the guy from Showtime, you know, like, nobody cares about your petty, you know, uh, uh, measuring contest. You know, you, you guys have kept – you guys have single-handedly killed boxing 
and you're still standing up here during one of the greatest events that you're trying to sell to people and acting like this, acting like idiots. And I don't know what they had Floyd on. He was heavily sedated, it appeared. <laughs> he uh, he wasn't his normal Floyd Mayweather self. Uh, very weird press conference, for sure. Well, well, the weirdest thing is the owner of the MGM Grand League or whatever that was he was wearing on his head. I don't uh, <laughs> yeah, I, think I mean, my goodness, man. You know, <laughs> take a jackpot from a slot machine and buy a new wig, man. Get the, get, I mean, they're, they're doing wonders in the world's hair transplantation these days. I just don't, you know, I mean, it's the year 2015. Somebody tell that guy. I haven't seen a worse wig since Phil Spector. We all know how it ended for him, man. My goodness. But, you know, uh, I digress on that point. Needless to say, uh, I, you know, the thing is, I think I'll be excited when May 2nd comes. Right now, I, I, I'm just so cynical and, like, I just want to see the fight. And I feel I got a, I got a, a, a pit in my stomach that this fight won't happen for some reason. Like, I feel I just something's going to happen if these guys won't get in the ring and actually exchange. Like, so. That's probably more likely than the fight actually happened. <laughs> After all, all the hoops that have been jumped through. Uh, yeah, hopefully it happens. Uh, nobody breaks a fist or uh, does anything stupid. Uh, it's, it finally puts this to bed and everybody makes their money. I actually think uh, I think Pacquiao's got a good shot at this one. Um, I, I think he can be aggressive and go after Floyd. And uh, Floyd hasn't really been that tested recently, so uh, this is the big one. Oh, uh, yeah. Um it, it should. I mean, it, it's no question. It's a contest we want to see. Uh, both these guys, you know, they they have a style. Um, but it's just five years, you know, we waited to see this fight. What do they have left? Um, you know, the fight directly, you think about, you know, Mayweather um, and his counterpunching versus Manny Pacquiao's tap, tap, tap style, the multiple punches, you know. Um, it should be interesting to see. Uh we actually have some great things happening in the world of boxing. Gennady Golovkin is going to fight again. Will Monroe and Inglewood actually at the old forum, which I think is pretty cool. That's May 16th. And then we saw Ohio's own Adrian Broner win, but then can't keep his foot out of his mouth once again at the end of the press conference, at the uh, post-fight press conference. I mean, he should have knocked Molina out. Uh, Adrian Broner uh, fight on the new uh, Premier Boxing, the NBC vehicle for boxing, the Premier Boxing uh, event. Uh, and um, Adrian Broner fought uh, John Molina, um, and clearly Adrian Broner was just a better boxer than John Molina, even though John Molina hits hard and had a straight right hand that was unbelievable. But, uh, you know, Adrian Broner let the fight go to the cards and said, you know, he blamed the fans for losing the Medina fight because he said he was trying to show out for them. Uh, This guy's got to get out of his own head and actually just worry about boxing. When we talk about Showtime Sean Carter, he did what I thought Adrian Broner did and had a five-round knockout of his opponent. Um, Shout-out to Showtime Porter, one of the greatest follows on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Guy loves his fans, loves Ohio, and I uh, can't say more about what Showtime. We're looking forward to him to getting his belt back and being one of the best in the world, continue being one of the best in the world. Anything else? No, nah, we're gonna move on there. All right. This is with an Ohio box. Great, great. This is with an Ohio bias. 
This is with an Ohio Bias, a podcast for real fans with Dan Jake. We're coming back talking a little Ohio State athletic program. Uh, just give it a little salutations to some of the great things that some of the Buckeyes have done. We will see you on the other side. This will be real quick, and then we can just close it out. Um, do you want to talk Ohio State basketball? I'm going to get all fired up, so I really we can mention it, but and we'll just talk about it on the college basketball show. Um, we should probably mention it since it happened. <laughs> I, I don't think we need to dwell on it. I think if we mention it, just voice our displeasure quickly and move on, and then we'll hit that more in depth in the basketball preview. All right, we're we're back and we're talking the Ohio State University athletic program. First of all, we give a shout out to the Lady Buckeyes, the Ohio State women's basketball team. Uh, Coach Kevin McGuffin, his second year, uh, led by Kelsey Mitchell, Big Ten Player of the Year, um, had got jobbed by the referees, as far as I'm concerned, in the in the Big Ten tournament against the Maryland Terrapins. Uh, they ended up losing the game at the end. Um, there was a foul on Kelsey Mitchell, which they called traveling. Um, I'm not going to get into my thoughts on the way they officiate women's basketball because it's just not even worth it. But I'm telling you right now, that was just an awful, awful uh, call, and Ohio State got jobs. I mean, there's nothing else to that. But the way that they dispatched Nebraska-Iowa to get to that championship game, I mean, I I was so impressed. And even the way they played against Maryland in that game, coming back um, to put themselves in a position to win, Ohio State ladies have nothing to be ashamed about. They can walk around and hold their heads because they weren't supposed to be in that championship game, and they took Maryland, the top five team in the country, uh, you know, to the wall who Maryland was undefeated in Big Ten play and was on an undefeated streak. So, uh, And once again, if they hadn't been jobbed by the referees, they would have took the Terrapins down. They go into the tournament? Yeah, I... I think so. They should make it. I wasn't fucking traveling. Was it a travel? That's the whole thing. She got fouled twice on that play. Kelsey Mitchell got fouled twice on that play. The Ohio State basketball, Ohio State women's basketball team lost seventy-seven to seventy-four to the Maryland Terrapins. Um, but they're in the top twenty-five, so they will be in the women's tourney. So watch out, and we will be rooting for them in the women's brackets and the big dance. Congrats, I got nothing. I didn't see the game or know much about the women's basketball program at this point. Uh, But I did see congratulations to the Buckeye wrestling program. Uh, I think four individual uh, national champions. Uh, So congratulations to, although to be fair, one of the national champions used a steel chair and got away with it. But they got four, so that's the important thing. We're talking Greco-Roman wrestling. And yeah, congratulations to the Ohio State wrestling team, the win in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, you know, they were leading by four points going into that final day. And, I mean, it's just uh, 
you know, it, it's just great to see uh, all the Buckeyes, you know, at different things other than football, uh, competing and excelling at the highest levels when we talk about competition. So shout out to the wrestling team and shout out to the Lady Buckeyes. You know, uh, one one last point on this uh, Ohio State women's basketball team that must be said for years since the great Katie Smith and the great lineage of women basketball players at Ohio State, we had a coach there named Jim Foster who would get the best talent in the country to come play at Ohio State and keep the best ladies in Ohio playing. Uh, from the prospective high schools, but could not win a tournament game to save his life. I'm talking about this went on for eight years straight of early exits from the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament, even as a number one seed at one point. Now with Kevin McGuff, we see the ladies, you know, if not job by one bad call, once again, would have been Big Ten champions, and now they're in the top 25. Uh, Kevin McGuff has that program going in the right direction and shows that he can actually coach in a tournament. So uh, looking forward to see what the Lady Buckeyes do this year and in the future. And great hands with Kevin McGuff. As always, go Lady Buckeyes. Buckeyes follow Buckeyes, Buckeye Nation. We talk about another coach with the Ohio State men's basketball team who gets great talent, but this team has definitely not risen to the challenge that is in front of them, Uh, the loss at Michigan, the loss to Wisconsin, and then now losing in the Big Ten tournament to Michigan State again. Um, this season, uh, you know, D'Angelo Russell, 19 points, but where else is the rest of the team? Shannon Scott had 12 points, um, but said at the end of the game that they just weren't getting the shots to flow. My my thing is, where's the defense, where's the effort, and where's the tenacity that you're used to seeing from a, uh, you know, Buckeyes? We talk about wrestling and we talk about the Lady Buckeyes. I mean, I want to see some fight from this men's basketball team, and I have not seen yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. It's the effort that I'm concerned about. This entire season, it seems like every first half we got down 10 points at some point in that game. Uh, I'd, I'd be worried, more worried if we were up 10 points, it seems, this year. Um, it's it's a team that has definitely underperformed. Um, I, I don't see many players getting better. Um, Tate's gotten better, and obviously D'Angelo, but um, – it's it's a head scratcher and definitely one of the more frustrating seasons. Uh, we all know Thad's legacy here at Ohio State, uh, so I cut a little bit of slack for this year. But uh, it, I'm not expecting much about from the Buckeyes uh, in March. But uh, we'll talk much more about that in our upcoming college basketball March Madness preview special. Yeah, we talk about Thad's legacy. I've measured success as winning championships. I don't care what your record is. And congratulations to Thad Mata for his 298 victories. Um, you know, but when you've got uh, paper, uh, you know, uh, you got a cupcake schedule every year and year out, I don't think you're challenging your basketball team, and we're seeing that now pay dividends here at the end of March. The Buckeyes do have a great chance. They will be in the March. They will be in the NCAA tournament probably as a nine seed, um, eight or nine seed. Uh, and, and we know – if you get hot in March, you get hot in that tournament, you know, when, get out of that first weekend, the matchups fall your way. Uh, I fear, though, Ohio State will be in the bracket with Kentucky, and uh, they'll probably see Kentucky in the first or second. I mean, they'll probably see Kentucky in the second round or something of that nature. And uh, we just don't have the size. I mean, we've seen with the, the big guys for Ohio State how they play and the underwhelming performances they put forth. Uh, we're looking for a miracle. We, we really need a Buckeye miracle, maybe the spirit of – Hondo or, you know, the great Bobby Knight enters uh, somebody like Amir Williams and uh, propels us to 
uh, unprecedented, unseen, and definitely shocking, shocking surprise run for this Buckeye basketball team. But it's that electric time of year, and this has been show 36. It's electric. We're looking forward to March Madness. We're excited about NASCAR. We're excited about MMA. Uh, the Indians are back out hitting the ball in spring. Brandon Moss bopping. I mean, what more can we say? Uh, we're, we're, we're very excited about this time of year, and uh, maybe the Browns will find a reason for us to get excited as well. Can't wait. Lots of things to be excited for. Can't wait. Lots of things to be excited for. Uh, Indians coming into town. Uh, but we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Uh, be kind to one another. Take care of each other, of course, unless they're wearing Michigan gear. As always, uh, we thank you for listening. We appreciate every tweet, every favorite, every comment. Anyone and everyone who listens to this podcast, please share, like, and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, please uh, listen to our other shows. You know, you can go back in the archives at withanohiobias.com and our great features are talking about sports. Uh, you know, our thoughts, you know, you can agree, disagree, but the discussion of our favorite teams is our passion and it fuels our fandom. Uh, we say a special salute to the medical professionals out there, the doctors, nurses, and caregivers, anybody that eats the pain of those in pain. We say a special salute and our prayers to the troops in service all around the world protecting America's freedom, uh, those that have returned to America safely, our veterans, and we say a special prayer to those that might be behind enemy lines or missing in action. This is With an Ohio Bias, a podcast of real fans with Dean Jake. As always, go Browns, go Cavs, championship run, roll tribe, desert time, MMA, hell yeah, wrestling is real. As always, go CBJ, we are the fifth line. As always, go Bucks, undisputed national champs, OH. I.O. I know. I see this real quick. I got two things because you might want to comment on this. I got a tweet of the week too. I forgot about that. Want to give some Twitter love? Jay Morrow Jr. at Jay Morrow Jr. at Irina underscore n eighty nine at Melvin two Bill at Angelo seven two six six at CWJ Buckeyes at CWG Buckeyes at Betty Cat four at B Sorrow ten at Buckeye Lens 27, at Tribe and CBJ. Got to be the favorite time of the year for that guy, not so much with the CBJ. At Sloopy Dead, at Jax underscore Generals, huge CBJ fans, at Cleveland underscore fans since 80, that says it all, at the Don Diva 40, and at Combat Circle. Um, you can check out their great YouTube show. We got the tweet of the week coming from our buddy Jason Lawhead, the comedian. Of course, go back and listen to that great podcast, series of podcasts we did with Jason um, from the holidays, but this one was just too good. And we, I mean, it, it was a tweet seen around the world. This is in reaction to, you know, Brown's free agency. Um, and the, this is, I just got to read it for a beta. The, the at NFL, this was after the trades and everything happened Monday, just to give you a little time context. The at NFL has literally turned into a fantasy football league, and the Browns are the guy that never logs in. So I thought that was pretty funny. We know all the fantasy football fans out there definitely know what you're talking about with that one. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, Jake, your thoughts on Jason Law history. Yeah, the, the whether it's logging in or uh, not not having uh, a computer or something, there's always one guy at a draft, and uh, they are the Browns. So really funny stuff. Uh, 
and uh, I think the other one was uh, put it on auto auto pick. So uh, we may we we might be better off Gray Farmer if we just did auto pick instead of him picking the players in this draft. So, but uh, very clever. Jason's a funny guy. Yeah, and it got retweeted by Rich Eisen and a bunch of folks. I mean, it it really was pretty pretty hilarious. Uh, we will be talking more serious though about the Browns here on the other side of the break. I'll try to clean it up. All right, that's it, buddy. Cool, sounds good. Um, I'll talk to you this weekend, and we'll plan on uh, we'll plan on Monday. Monday, Monday night, we'll for see sure. Where, yeah, yeah. See how you feel Sunday after looking at it. So. Yeah. So we'll we'll play it by ear for Sunday. Okay. Cool. Thanks, man. All right, later. Yeah, bye.